Welcome back to episode nine of the Hutchinson Underground Radio. My name is Colin Shields. Jay Jones joins me in the studio once again. A lot happened in week 10, and we've got a lot to talk about. First off, Cam Newton returns to the league. We talked about what that means for the Panthers and what it means for the league moving forward. The Patriots could be a surprise team in the playoffs. They're currently the sit seed, and I didn't see it coming, but... You know, they've been an interesting team so far, and we're going to bounce into how they've been able to have success. Russell Wilson came back from an injury, but the Seattle savior looks very rusty in a cold Lambeau Field game. Stafford, is he in a midseason slump? The Chiefs just proved us all wrong. Shouldn't we, should we be surprised? Of course, we have Blue Dragons in the NFL, where we talked about some former players at Hutchinson. They're now in the NFL, followed by... The one and only obligatory Cowboys talk. Where we talk about the Cowboys for one minute and one minute only. Finally, we have our second ever player of the week, followed by our week 10 picks recap, and of course, our week 11 pits for this upcoming week. It all starts now. All right, um, Jay, I'll let you get started. Cam Newton, he's back in the league. Um, he said, he, I mean, he said in his post-game press conference when they asked him, how much of the playbook did you earn? He said, two touchdowns worth. And two touchdowns is what he scored. He had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals. They were without Kyler Murray, but holy cow, they just went out and curb stomped those Cardinals teams. PJ Walker got most of the stat got most of the um plays, I mean. So his stats were a lot bigger than that. Cam Newton only had eight passing yards, like I said earlier, only threw four passes, but you know, still found a way to contribute, especially inside the red zone, and he is scheduled to start this week. What were you able to watch the game, and what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was I was following that one just because you know it's Cam Newton, so I wanted to see how he did on his return back to Carolina. He, I mean, he did exactly. I don't want to say I expected it, but what I expected the Panthers to kind of do with him, bring bring him into close like situations to where you don't have to really read the field a lot when you got two yards to get, especially when you're Cam Newton, you can just run for it. Or like the pass on the rollout to Robbie Anderson. Um, we'll see how he does this next week, though, with a full week of like first-team reps, or majority of the first-team reps. And I think they play someone halfway decent, too. Yeah, and like you said, the playbook does get bigger when you're taking more of the snaps. And so that's something that is definitely you're going to have to keep an eye on is how does he do when, you know, he plays his former head coach, Ron Rivera, who's now coaching the Washington football team. They're three and sits on the year. They just lost Chase Young to a torn ACL, but they did just pick up a win against Tampa Bay. So you can never count them out. Their defense was expected to be really good going into the year. They did a good job last week. They held... Tampa Bay to 19 points, which is something they do not do often. And when they've been losing, it hasn't really been because their defense is terrible. Their last five, six, their last six games here are the scores. They lost by 30. I mean, excuse me. They gave up 34. They gave up 33. They gave up 31. They gave up 24. And then these last two weeks, they've only given up 17 to Denver. They had a bye week. And then against Tampa Bay, they only gave up 19. So you could argue that their team and their defense especially is kind of turning a page and becoming to work as that unit that we all saw last year that helped them make the playoffs after their offense was quite honestly not very good at all. I mean, they plugged in Taylor Heineke to start for them in the playoffs, and they still that defense gave them a chance to win the game. 
And, you know, Washington is not a team that, that the Panthers can just count out. The Panthers aren't having the, I mean, they're like four and five at this point right now. They're still in the playoff hunt because of how many teams are five and four, four and four and five at the moment right now. There doesn't seem, I mean, if you have six wins right now, you are one of the yeah. top wild card teams or division leaders. So yeah, six and seven in the NFC is wide open right mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. And that kind of just shows the parity in the league as well as, you know, maybe the top teams are really just that much better than everybody else. But mm-hmm. later on, we'll talk about one of the top teams that is not doing so hot right now. And I think I'm excited to see what Cam Newton does. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold is still um, un- inactive. He won't he won't dress for the game, won't he's travel. Like four and, to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's been out for four weeks now, and he could be out for quite another amount of extended time. I, I doubt he comes back and starts. He was not good at all. And so I would not be surprised if this is Cam Newton's team officially for the rest of the year. I agree. I agree 100%. Sam started out good, like, for the first three weeks when they went, when they went 3-0. and But after that, he just he fell off. I think, weirdly enough, watching it, it just looked it looked right seeing Cam back in the black and, well, actually, in the game, actually, the white and black uniform. But it looks good to see him back in a, in a Panthers helmet. Absolutely. So, he's one of the most exciting players to watch, even though he's, like, 32 and he's been in the league for a minute and, and he hasn't even played – I down a football until just last week. That's still, that's crazy to me. Right, and then kind of moving on to his previous team, the New England Patriots, they replaced Cam Newton. I was very surprised by it. I thought they'd give Cam Newton another year. You know, he played well before COVID, before he got COVID last year. And so I thought they'd let him get his chance and then sit Matt Jones, let Matt Jones learn. But Matt Jones was clearly ready for the job. So far, he's thrown 13 touchdowns compared to just seven interceptions. So that's almost a two-to-one ratio, which is very good, especially for, you know, what they asked him to do, which is basically just manage the game. You know, they'll win scoring 19 points. They'll win scoring 17 points. They don't have to go out there and put up 35, 40 points a game with the defense they have that's playing very well. And they're improved after they got all their guys back last year from just opting to sit out the year. And also, you know, just injuries and you know, key players not playing as great as they were expected to, and then now they're all having a better year. They are currently the sixth seed, I believe. Yes, they're currently the sixth seed. So, you know, there's seven teams that make it into the playoffs, so they have a you know a cushion of one game of one team below them. And Bill Belichick's doing what he wants to do. You know, he went out, paid all that money for those players. They seem to be producing because shoot, I mean, they're winning. And Jacoby Myers. One of their wide receivers in his third year, he finally scored a touchdown on his 135th career catch. What a moment for him. I mean, they just absolutely slaughtered the Browns. The game was the the game was out of out of reach before they even had, you know, that and then they just got the ball in the red zone. Like you know, let's probably you know should probably give Jacoby the ball on this third down and see if he can finally score one. He made a guy miss, went right into the end zone. Are the Browns that bad this year, or would j- just because of injuries to their running game? You know, their wide receivers have been banged up a little bit this year. Baker Mayfield's been banged up this year, or are the Patriots you know really really starting to heat up? I think it's a mixture of both. Um <clears throat> the Patriots are starting to catch on like at the right time, especially these last 
seven to eight games, that last seven to eight game stretch where seeding, especially in with the, how the season is this year, in a lot of divisions, there's not a huge gap between teams. You see it with the uh, Chiefs division. Everybody is so close in that division. Um I'm pretty sure the Pats can't be far off from the Bills. or might They're only one game back. Exactly. And so. they still have to play the Bills twice. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the Ravens division, the AFC in general, it's, it's, it's tough. So they're catching on at the right time. Now Cleveland, it is unfortunate that their running backs, I think it would be a much different ball game if they could have their running backs. But at the end of the day, you just got to talk it up to Bill check game planning very well and He's putting Mac. He's doing a great job of putting Mac Jones into situations where he will succeed. I saw a post on Instagram earlier today where his first ten starts were compared to Tom Brady's, and the stats were almost like identical. Like I think uh, Brady had fourteen uh, touchdowns to seven picks, and we just said Mac has has thirteen to seven. They were both floating around like sixty five percent completion percentage, and. I almost want to say the yards per game. Mac actually had a better uh, yards per game than Tom Brady did by like 30 with like 233 point something over, I think like 204, something like that. Either way, (laughs) Belichick got him another one. That's for sure. Yeah, and when you watch the games, it doesn't seem like their offensive identity has changed at all. You know, with Cam Newton, they ran the ball a little bit more than they had in the past just because he's so big, you know, can – run through a person or two. He sits five and like 220, 230. So just an absolute taint. And then Mac is, you know, a stereotypical pro-style quarterback. Um, make the read, get the ball to the receiver, let him make a play. I mean, you saw what he did at Alabama with Devontae nice. Smith and Henry not, – not Henry Rhodes. Who's the other speedster they had? Oh, um, He's on the Waddle, Dolphins right now. Jalen yeah, Jalen Waddle. And so – and even the year before, when he did have Henry Rudds, mm-hmm. I believe he still – yeah, Henry Rudds was drafted the year before. And he also had Devontae Smith mm-hmm. when, when when Tua went down. So yes, you kind of saw him when he had those four guys. You know, it was, you know, make the read, let him make the play. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be what they're doing, and there's they seem to be doing it well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, their, the results speak for themselves. And, you know – the. The lead seems to be better when Patriots are good because there's this team everyone can hate on, but now they don't have Tom Brady, so now you know they might be a team that people start rooting for a little bit. You never really know, but we could see a little turn of the page where the Patriots dynasty that we thought is over is back. And then moving on to a quarterback who also made his return, this time from an injury, Russell Wilson was back in his first game in over six weeks. In Lambeau Field, in the cold, after it just snowed the day before. You get where I'm going with this. It wasn't the greatest of conditions for him to make his first start, first start against the number one team in the NFC right now, who is 8-2. His stat line was 20-40, 161 yards, two interceptions. Only career game that he has started that he has been shut out. So, Green Bay Packers defense... Maybe they're getting better. Maybe they're turning that, you know, page over from last year where they seemed to blow the lead the last, you know, few times. <laughs> and Seattle, who is a run team, only ran for 75 yards. Chris Carson is hurt, but 75 yards? Are you serious? You're not going to win any games 
rushing for 75 yards. Right now, they're the third worst team in the NFC record-wise, but are still only two and a half games out of a wild-card spot because, like we said, the NFC is either really top-heavy or really, really diverse in all the talent just being spread out throughout that division. So, you know, if they can if they can get hot, they have a chance. But my guess is they're not getting hot. Their defense has been getting better the last four weeks. But with Geno Smith, they couldn't really score that many points, so they've lost three of their last four. And they've also lost six of their last eight after opening the uh, season up with a win over Indy. Yeah, that's – Seattle's – that's tough. I have a buddy who's a Seahawks fan, and he just – is livid right now because he he made the he made it a point to tell me he's like the Seahawks never get blown out usually. He's usually it's a close game, but this yeah. game against Green Bay it was. I I, I watched that game because I was curious to see how Russ would play, and he obviously didn't live up to the hype or the standards that he usually would set for somebody like Russell Wilson. But no, yeah, it's Green Bay's good. <laughs> Green Bay is just very yes. good, and like you said. They they didn't really get blown out, but was the game result ever in question? Mm-hmm. I mean, like the Packers were only up by like single digits for a lot of the game until the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. but nobody really thought that the Seattle Seahawks really had a chance in that. And if they can't get it turned around, my hot take right now is they might have to get rid of Pete Carroll. They've been seeming to go down a slope and haven't been able to find a spark to get him back up. You know, he's Pete Carroll's had a great run in Seattle, but, you know, all great things must come to an end, you know. Either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and right now he might be becoming the villain that holds back the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson because we saw what they were like without him, and it is not pretty. If Pete Carroll goes, I think that means Russ is probably also leaving. Yeah, and it's been rumored the last – Two, three years that he'd leave. I know the Chicago Bears were in on it. You probably wish that happened. Indianapolis was a possibility. The New York Giants were a possibility. Saints were another one. Saints were a possibility. You know, any team that was a contender that needed a quarterback and could had the talent to surround him, which outside of Tyler Lockett, you know, Chris Carson when he's healthy, and DK Metcalf, where's the talent at? I mean, maybe Jamal Adams on the defensive side, but... Mm. You know he fi- he got, he finally tied Vince Wilfork with three career interceptions. Not in coverage. He's a. It was a. I will just say this: it is a truly wild week when Daniel Sorensen, the Packers DB King, Kevin Keen, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and Jamal Adams all get a pick in the same week. Mm-hmm. That's something that I never thought I'd see happen, but you know NFL any given Sunday. Like you said, any given Sunday, it's there's a lot going on right now. These last seven weeks will be, or seven to eight weeks. I, I think I just say like seven or eight because that's how many games the Bears have left. Anyways, the closing weeks of the season are going to be very interesting to see how they play out. Absolutely. And then another quarterback that's been that struggled, except for this time, it was a guy who's been healthy all year or healthy enough to play. You know, he's a warrior battling through injuries. That was his reputation in Detroit. Now on the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford, he had a really hot start to the year. They won seven of their first eight games, and now they're zero and two in their last two games. They've thrown two. Uh, Matthew Stafford has thrown two picks in each of the last two games. They always seem to come 
at the most inopportune times when the t- when excuse me when the Rams are losing and they kind of needed yet at least a drive to flip the field. I know one of them was essentially an arm punt. He just chucked all the way down the field. Odell was triple covered. Easiest pick I've seen in a while. You know, just a GF bastard wrapped up for that DB. But, you know, Stafford, is he in a slump right now? You know, is the lead maybe starting to figure him out? I saw a report that said the more physical the game gets for the Rams, you know, the less comfortable they feel. You know, they just lost Robert Woods. What are your thoughts on the Rams? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. I feel like the Rams are offensively, anyways, not defensively. We know they're very, we know they're very physical on defense, but offensively, I feel like they have a lot of finesse guys get and you know get athletes out in open space and go make a play. Or you know, McVeigh McVeigh and their offensive coordinator usually do a good job of calling almost. Seem, it seems like the right play at the right time, drawn up for Matt Stafford, whether it be a deep post route for Cooper Cup or something over the middle for Robert Woods or if they can ever get it figured out, a fly route for OBJ. Mm-hmm. I still think that was I think that was a good pairing still to this day. I don't care that people are already kind of writing it off. I, I think they'll get it figured out because it'll, it'll just take one of those games where it's like they're playing like, the, uh, like a Detroit Lions type team, like where they're, they're supposed to win that game by a million and – that can be a game where they, their offense kind of gets their mojo back. But I don't think they're far off yet, too. This is two very discouraging weeks for them, though. Absolutely. And they have a bye week this week, so you could definitely say they're going to use that to get you know Odell installed in that offense. He had to sit out most of the red zone because he just doesn't know the plays yet. I mean, it's right. one week of it's literally three or four days of practicing. No one, you can't expect anyone to learn an offense in three or four days, mm-hmm. especially when the red zone is almost a completely different playbook. I'm surprised they played him, if mm-hmm. we're being honest. And they, I mean, they seem to not use Van Jefferson as much as I would have expected, but you will think his role would increase. Also, he's been very steady in his production with them. And their schedule isn't extremely hard. I mean, their, their division is not forgiving at all. I mean, Seattle's the, Seattle and the 49ers are the worst two teams in that league, and both of them still have weeks where they just show up and show out. Neither one of them are really out of playoff like contention yes. either. No, exactly. And, you know, it's like they're after their bye week, they have Green Bay, so that bye week definitely helps them. Then they have Jacksonville, who's a winnable game. Arizona, who they lost to once, so they're at Arizona too. But, you know, how long is Tyler Murray out for? I haven't heard much on it, so I'm assuming it's nothing major, but you never know. And then they play Seattle, who is slumping right now. You know, maybe Russell Wilson's gotten his mojo back by then, or maybe the Seattle Seahawks are just that down bad that they're done, you know, and they just start to mail it in a little bit. Then they have Minnesota and Baltimore. Then they finish their regular season with San Francisco. So, you know, it's like there's one, two, three, three games they should easily win in Jacksonville. I would think they'd easily beat Seattle and also Minnesota. And then San Francisco will be a tough one for them. Baltimore and Arizona will also be tough games along with Green Bay. So you could you could legitimately see them lose up to four games to end the year. And only win three more. And only win three more. So, you know, the Rams, their schedule's not easy, but their schedule is also not extremely hard. It'll be interesting to see how they respond to this a little bit of adversity. Oh, yeah. And then speaking of a team that, responded to the adversity they faced. 
a team we all rid off after seven weeks, after they started three and four, the Kansas City Chiefs, everyone. We doubted them, so of course they beat the Raiders and became the number one team in the AFC West, on with the help from a few other teams to beat some of their division rivals. They now stand at six and four. They've won their last three. They're the four seed in the playoffs, and they have a big matchup versus Dallas this weekend to show they've finally figured it out, or they just played four, three teams that weren't very good, and they're the same Chiefs we saw at the beginning of the year. They changed their offense a little bit. Tyreek Hill caught a lot of routes underneath and just ran with them. Kind of surprised they hadn't done that a little earlier. You know, you don't have to get the ball to the dude 40 yards down the field to use speed. You can also give them slant routes, hitch routes, out routes, Even some screens, screens, right? anything like that to just use his speed as a mismatch in the open field. Travis Kelsey also been productive, and Mahomes threw five touchdowns in the game. Their running game is still without Clyde edwards helaire who was lost for the season, I believe. But, you know, he, they weren't exactly using him the most. And the Chiefs fans are still complaining about them to run the ball and then complaining when running the ball does not work. Yeah, that's that kind of sums it up. <laughs> they, <laughs> they can't run the ball for jack squat right now. But I believe that this game, if the Chiefs win this game in, like, fashion, like Mahomes throws five tutties, on the Cowboys, then Kansas City's back, I think. like they're, We're going to see Kansas City make some noise in the playoffs. Even if they don't go back to the Super Bowl, they'll have a strong chance to. Right, and this is a really big game for them because next week is their bye week. Right. So if they can beat the Giants, the the Aaron Rodgers-less Green Bay Packers, and the Henry Rudds-less Las Vegas Raiders, and then also beat Dallas, who should be at full strength. I don't think there's anyone injured on their team right now that would be It'd be a major shocker if anyone was, and we found that out on Sunday. They open up with Denver, then they play Las Vegas at home. Both those games are at home. Mm-hmm. Then they travel to the Chargers. It'll be a tough game. Mm-hmm. Chargers got the best of them earlier. They beat them by six. Then they play Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Denver to close the year. Mm-hmm. So they still have Denver twice, Vegas once, the Chargers once, and then a home game versus Pittsburgh, and they have to travel to Cincinnati. They should easily beat Denver twice, in my opinion. I think they'll beat Las Vegas again. They've The Raiders have lost lost their direction that they built early in the year, it seems like. Chargers are a weird team. They're really good some weeks and really bad others. It really all depends on how well Justin Herbert is playing. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, there's three out of their four games should be easy wins. And if they win those three games, they should be able to wrap up their division. Oh, yeah. I have to think the Chargers would slip up against the Raiders or Denver at least one time. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's not looking great. I mean, they just tied with, even though they didn't have Big Ben, Mason Rudolph still was, for some reason, asked to throw the ball 50 times in that game. And if you watched it, they the two teams combined to fumble the ball four times in the in overtime. I mean, how many inside field goal range were fumbles? You know, three lost fumbles inside field goal range. Mason Rudolph did what a backup quarterback would probably do. But, you know, Pittsburgh's not great. They're not terrible. They're kind of just a medium, mediocre team that's surrounded by a bunch of old dudes and don't seem to have a clear go-to guy on their offense or much of an offensive identity. Well, they got Najee. Yeah, I mean, but can he really break off the big run? Everyone says, oh, his yards, his yards, his yards. But, you know, he's 
Okay. He will. I I will not disagree with you. He is definitely the best running back in this class. That oh, is 100%. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without He's a, doubt. a great player. He will be a great thing. But, you know, you haven't really seen the huge run play ability that, you know, just breakaway speed-wise that you would see some, from some of the really top guys. And so without that big play threat from the run game, you know, they'll still continue. They'll say if they get three, three, four yards of play and they consistently do that and he breaks off one for ten, we can live with that. But I don't think with the arm of Ben Roethlisberger that they'll be able to <laughs> do much, if anything, because, oh, my goodness. Don't they have Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, but he's – it's Dwayne Haskins. We all saw what he did on the Redskins. I would rather uh, see excuse Dwayne. me, the Washington football team. <laughs> I would rather see Haskins than Mason Rudolph. Mm. I'm saying. I disagree with that. Oh, okay. Just because I, I feel like, you know, Pittsburgh's fed up enough with Mason Rudolph – Think they're also fed up with James Washington. The Oklahoma State fan of me hates seeing it because I don't think they use him enough. I mean, shoot, they throwed it to him. Mm-hmm. He scored a touchdown. Right. You know, that was fun. That brought me back to about 2018 when they were Rudolph to Washington was still a thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's shoot and Ben Roethlisberger's arm hold up is also he's the done thing. After this year. Yeah, I mean, he's, I, th- I really believe Aaron Rodgers is going to Pittsburgh. They might, the season. you know. Pittsburgh might sneak in as a seven seed, but that's about the best they'll do, <laughs> you know. They're but. on fire. They've won their last – well, not now since they tied Detroit, but before that they had won their last, like, four or five. Yeah, they had. They'd won their last four. Yeah. Then they tied. They'd also lost three in a row, so they seem to be a, a team of streaks mm-hmm. where you never know what might happen with them. They started off one and three. They are now – Five, three, and one. That which means Detroit might be the best Owen Sitz team to ever grace the football planet <laughs> in the league. But getting back on topic, Chiefs, they proved us wrong. Their end of season schedule is not as hard as the beginning of the season schedule was. And so, you know, we might have to deal with more Chiefs fans. No offense to you guys, but there is some that just Tyreek Hill I mean, excuse me. Tyran Matthews said it best. Some of y'all are just toxic. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, you're a Bears fan. You can go all in on them. Hey, right. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't like to hate that much because I just know if the quarterback that we took from that class would have panned out to Mitch Trubisky. You guys would have wasted Patrick Mahomes' talent as well. No offense. Probably. Probably. But the world will never know. Exactly. For all I know, we're ruining Fields' talent. Shoot. I don't know. He's looking like he's catching on, though. But moving on to Blue Dragons in the NFL, Alvin Kamara was out with an injury, but Cordero Patterson, he had four rushes for 25 yards, one catch for 14 yards, five touches, 39 yards. Holy cow, Atlanta was horrible in that game. I mean, Mm -hmm. what was the score? Like, they scored three points. Like, it was was horrendous. It was definitely but, a good bounce back game for the Cowboys. Yes, Trevon did got another pick by the Broncos. Yeah, they shut down Matt Ryan. He only had like nine completions. But we're about to talk about that in a bleeding Cowboys talk. So moving on, uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, eight catches for sixty three yards. Definitely his best game of the year. I don't think there was another game where he had more than four or five catches. So. Yeah, eight catches for sixty three yards. That's a very solid stat line for a tight end, especially with how much 
teams want to throw to their wide receivers instead of their tight ends. And how bad that offense really was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he seemed to be their most consistent target because Russell Wilson only threw for 163 or 173 yards. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when about two-fifths of your yards go to Gerald Everett, you know, hey, he right. did his job. And then De- Devondre Campbell, the reigning NFC Defensive Player of the Month, had five solo tackles. Solid stat line for him, you know. When the ball was in his area, he tackled him up. And that's what matters. And then Marcus Golden had one solo tackle in this game. You know, maybe the opportunity just wasn't there. Maybe they didn't run at his side. But, you know, it's, it's good to see them. You know, like we said earlier, you see dudes that went to the same school as you at a Juco. Made it out, made it to the league. And it's like, dude, you didn't do anything because they did it. And then finally, the moment you've all been waiting for. Obligatory. Cowboys talk. It all starts now. We talked about the Cowboys for one minute and one minute only because that's all they deserve. Jay, your time starts now. Yeah. I mean, great bounce back win after y'all got slapped by the Broncos, but it is just the Falcons. Matt Ryan is depleting. We all know this. Kyle Pitts is a bright spot, but you guys were supposed to beat the Falcons. Everyone knows that the Falcons aren't as good. They were only in the playoff consideration because – the bottom half of the NFC looks much like the Eastern Conference in the oh, NBA. Shoot. So it is very weak. But, Colin, I'll pass it on to you. Yeah, I mean, they held Matt Ryan to nine completions when he's one of the best passing quarterbacks in the league. You know, statistically, the last few years, that was definitely a shocker. Trevon Diggs had yet another pitch. He's still on pace to have one pitch for every game this year. And good job for him. You know, he's he gets turnovers, but he also gets burned a few times because of the style he plays. He's a very aggressive corner. Um Dallas had 10 people record a catch, spreading the ball out a lot. C.D. Lamb left early with a Charlie horse injury. He said it was just nagging him a little bit, but that he would be back. And Dak Prescott, very efficient in his win, back on track for NFC campaign. Oh, and that's all the time we have. That was obligatory Cowboys talk. Yes, sir. And then finally, our second ever player of the week. This one was, you know, his team was an underdog. They hadn't won a home game in over a year. Um. (laughs) They've been pretty bad this year, but he's been very efficient and been a very good bright spot for them in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Ladies and gentlemen, your Week 10 Player of the Week is none other than Debo Samuel. Like we said, he was very efficient. He had 10 total ca- He had ten total touches. Excuse me. He had five catches for 97 yards and one touchdown and also five rushes for 36 yards and one touchdown. He helped the 49ers pick up their first home win in over a year. And they did it versus the Los Angeles Rams. That's pretty good. Yeah, Devo Samuel is, you know, like how there's like a, when there's a mobile quarterback and it's like, oh, he's really just a running back that can throw the ball. Like Devo Samuel really is kind of just a running back that can catch the ball <laughs> that they line up at Yeah, wide receiver. He's very good uh, with the with the football in his hands. This isn't supposed to be a diss towards him at all. He is a playmaker. He's very serious. I was shocked because I thought the Rams were going to blow the Niners out of the water. But it doesn't surprise me at the same time to see Debo Samuel have a running and a receiving touchdown. Right. And, you know, he's he almost kind of fits the same style of player as Cordero Patterson, mm-hmm. where, you know, he can be in the backfield. He can, you know, take an end around. He can go out and into the slot and catch the ball. I think he also returns for them a little bit too, so – you know, he's just a football guy, as those people at ESPN would say. You know, 
Every white dude in the NFL is sneaky <laughs> athletic. Every dude that does everything for a team is just a football guy, I guess. So he's a football guy, everybody. And, you know, he, he had a great week. You know, we talked about stats a lot. Well, he had 30 fantasy points. So that certainly amounts for something. He won somebody their lead. And so, you know, great week for him. Hopefully he can keep it going. I think he's on pace to have the most receiving yards this year as well. So, you know, that'll be a fun storyline to keep watching because him and Cooper Cup are kind of pushing each other for it just with how efficient they've both been. Mm-hmm. And then moving on to our Week 10 picks, Jay, I feel like you almost didn't come tonight because of this. Have you have you looked at your results yet? All right, I'll just we'll, – <laughs> we'll dive right into it. You started off hot. Um, we, had the t- we both took Titans who were favored by three points over the Saints. That was your only win this week. Oh, damn. Next up, we had the Patriots, who were favored by one and a half. Yeah, I took them. I you yeah. took the Browns, unfortunately. The Browns got absolutely smoked. We both took the Chargers, and so, of course, the Vikings won. The Chargers were favored by three at home. The Chargers laid a dud. The Packers played at home against the Seahawks. I took the Packers, who were favored by three and a half. You took the Seahawks. The Chiefs traveled to play the Raiders. You took the Raiders. <laughs> I took the Chiefs, who were favored by two and a half. Our old records, I was 20 and 10. You were 15 and 10. I was 4 and 1 this week. You were 1 and 4. New records are 24 and 11 for me and 16 and 14 for you. So you're still in the dream. With a big week this week, you can definitely give yourself some cushion room. That's what we're here for. And with that, we will dive into our week 11 picks. We have the Colts who are traveling on the road to Buffalo to face the Buffalo Bills, who are favored by seven points. I'm going to take the Bills. Same here. So we are both going to take the Bills, favored by seven, over the Colts. The Bengals travel to play the Raiders. The Bengals are favored by one point. I think the Bengals bounce back. They just had a bye week. I'll take them. Yeah, I'm also taking Cincinnati. All right, hopefully we get my luck this week and not mm. yours. <laughs> um, in our game of the week, the Chiefs are at home against the Cowboys. The Chiefs are rolling. Cowboys are rolling. Chiefs are favored by two and a half. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Cowboys. Hmm. Uh, I guess I'll go with Kansas City. Go All righty, there we go. Uh, our go. first game where we disagree. And then the Steelers, who just tied with the worst team in football right now, who also might be the best worst team in football ever. The Steelers play the Chargers at the Chargers place in L.A. The Chargers are favored by five and a half. That's who I'm going with. I'm going with the Chargers. Same here. I I mean, the Chargers just laid an aid, so they definitely don't come out and light it up. Ben, Big Ben just had a week off, but I don't think that does much for him. I mean, how humiliating is that that they just lost to, I mean, excuse me, tied with Detroit. Mm-hmm. They basically lost. It's safe to say they, they lost. Yeah, I mean, so if you don't beat Detroit, right. if you tied Detroit, you lost that game. I'm sorry. Like, I completely expect Justin Fields to have like 400 yards yes. and five touchdowns against the Lions. So, yeah, oh, yes. that's a, they, they lost. I don't care. The Lions won. And finally, a clash of two former Panthers, one who has returned to the team, the Washington football team and Riverboat Ron, Travel to Carolina and play the Panthers, who are favored by three and a half. I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm also going to take Carolina. Okay. There we go. It seems um, 
let's see how many of us. All right, so on three of the games, we on four of the games, excuse me, we we both took the favorites. The only game where we did not both take the fav- favorites was when I took the underdog Cowboys, who are a two-and-a-half-point dog. Mm-hmm. So with that, we both take the Bills over the Colts. We both take the Bengals over the Raiders. I took the Cowboys over the Chiefs, who Jay took. We both took the Chargers over the Steelers. We both believe the Panthers will beat the football team. Thank you guys for joining us for episode nine of the Hutchinson Underground Radio. My name is Colin Shields. I'm Jay Sean Jones, and we will catch you later.